0: Welcome, 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 welcome to Kuao's No Days Off episode. Who's keeping count? You just keep going, 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 because there's no days off, and the man of the hour, Kuao. And Matt, the other guy.
1: deal with that movie what is the director the writer uh, is it just a, a new it's, a,
2: it's by uh, a guy named uh, dean camp fleischer it's his first feature but he's done a lot of shorts he was married to jenny slate for a long time and they created this character together named marcel the Show with shoes on
1: i read about that in the new yorker actually we we're just talking about uh the new yorker that i you know resubscribed to it um and I read about that in there see that's what I love about the New Yorker there's that front section of current events and I used to like during the uh first years of the Trump presidency I was subscribed to that so I read about everything happening and I'm not a big news watcher kind of guy so I want to be I want to be like that coffee in the morning with the newspaper and shit but I just don't give it the time and I'd rather just sleep um so occasionally i'll dip into the youtube newscasters you know there's that some more news guy sometimes he's too much but he's fine and then there's the uh daily show stuff but um yeah
2: the daily show is still like good sometimes sometimes it's not john stewart it's nowhere it's not even the same. are you
1: commenting that is or you're asking
2: no no i mean that like both asking and saying from my personal experience john stewart was like way better but i was like John Stewart went off the air when I was fifteen or sixteen. Okay. So I was kinda like a little bit too young for, for that. For his show. heyday. I yeah, guess.
1: exactly. Um I'm no math expert. What what year were you born? Nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I would think their heyday was the you know, the two thousand election.
2: The two thousand
1: election? I think two thousand or two thousand and one. Was it two thousand and one? Whenever that era of election, that you know George Bush and all that stuff, yeah. that was uh I was I was totally like hooked on. What's his counterpart? The uh, Colbert Report. The
2: Colbert. Yeah, I missed the Colbert Report too.
1: That was fun. That was fun yeah. to watch. Um, you know it, it's 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 got it's it's you know, it's a different time, man. You know, um, feel like they should. Uh, there's other the the menage i was thinking about that show the hassan menage is that his name i'm probably yeah not that the patriot name. act yeah the Patriot that was a great show you know that was a fun show to watch because he had that you know personality that i could probably you know get on board with for 30 minutes or whatever of news stuff yeah. you know um we're straying away from we're talking about what what's the subject oh is today? this is the podcast started this is yeah yeah this oh, is it. okay I, I, <laughs> yeah there was an intro song by a guy named umberto have you met him yet no
2: i don't i don't think I he's am.
1: around here but he does the illustration oh actually he's sitting over there uh uh-huh. he does the illustration for uh on the uh newsletter sign-up sheet if you've what? seen that stuff
2: yeah i signed up for it so yeah You're yeah right. I'll, yeah i'll say hi to him
1: yeah, yeah he's a good guy but he did the intro today so we're, we're well into it three minutes in okay um
2: do we need to introduce ourselves or can we just exist as we are
1: we can exist as we are but okay. my name is timo and your name is
2: uh, i'm Matt. matt
1: um you're not subscribed to any sort of periodicals
2: no man i don't know i like i my only news source is tim dylan which is a really terrible news source he's a comedian yes uh he's a yeah i'm with a
1: podcast right yeah he has
2: the tim dylan show it's pretty great
1: okay uh
2: but i don't know i try to pay attention to news but i don't know i mean i feel like when a lot of people got into news was like probably i don't know at least when i talk to most people it's like between the ages of 17 and 20. and that the demographic
1: for people getting into news yeah and that's
2: like when trump happened and then immediately after that it was the pandemic sure like i turned 21 in february of 2020 and then like everything shut down a month later so i don't know news has just been really depressing my whole life so i kind of try to avoid it but
1: there was a time I stopped watching news and would only watch C-SPAN, and it was just around the Kavanaugh thing. And I didn't know anything about Kavanaugh, but I, I watched the proceedings take place with no context, and it was, it was frightening. It was, like, really upsetting and uh, really depressing. Yeah. Just because you could see who the bad guys are and who the good guys are, and then to simplify politics like that made me feel really uncomfortable.
2: Yeah. Dude, it's especially frustrating. Like, I have a Fox News dad, oh. so when I was, like, living at home, it was, like, Fox News every night. Sure. Like, I remember during the election, I, I was working at Starbucks at the time, so I literally just, like, left from Starbucks, went home, and, like, grabbed, like, some money, and then went to get a Jamba Juice and just, like, hung out in Jamba Juice until, like, it closed, just, like, hearing about the election, because I couldn't do the fucking This is News the thing. Biden one? But this was Biden. Yeah, and when I left, when I was, like, going home, I was, like, really upset, because Trump had won at that point. That was before everything was counted, and Trump had, like, won. All right. And then he didn't end up winning, which was...
1: Is your dad like a like a like a flag waving trumper, or is he just a Fox I, News guy?
2: He was during the pandemic, but I think that was just like me living with him, and like we both kind of escalated each other. Sure. I think now he's like he he's not like pro Trump as much as he is like anti what the Democratic Party has become. Sure. Like he voted Democrat his whole life until until Trump basically.
1: So that's like the Clintons and the. Uh... Well, Barack Obama.
2: Yeah, and then it's like you know he he does small business like tax stuff, so sure. just like
1: so he's paying attention to that that side of politics exactly. too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I got an uncle and an aunt who are uh, in that in that camp, and uh, it's not, it's safe to say I'm not like ashamed of them. I just don't talk to them about anything. But well, I don't talk to any family about anything anyway. Yeah. But um, but that's a it's funny because I asked you if your dad's a Trumper, and I'm. I don't think I have a, like, it felt more loaded after I said it than before, you know what I mean? I was
2: not offended at all when you said it, yeah. Yeah,
1: because it it seems just like a, yeah, I don't know, that's that's politics, though.
2: I think it's definitely, like, one of the, to talk about politics on our movie podcast, Yeah. I think it's definitely one of the upsetting things about time now it's like democrats are just like they like label them all tr- like trumpers
1: or Trump supporters, yeah. and they're not
2: like trying to win them over
1: but there's always a shorthand in in, in uh in the scheme of politics and and the, and the general public i think like you know yeah, there's pe- there's people in their time who had the, i like ike and that meant yeah. something or like during vietnam i'm sure everyone was like i don't know we, we got our own uh we got our own nightmares here and the way we uh you know engage with it i'm not personally a trumper are you you, sir
2: uh i voted for biden there it is and i'm very sad that biden was my option (laughs) i hate i hate biden a lot and i
1: don't say come on hate is a strong word
2: but it's accurate okay uh i i hate that he won the election in a way that was pro or at least the nomination in a way that was probably corrupt uh, the I
1: whole, uh, uh, Russian bots situation thing. Well, yeah, it's like, that's that. hilarious. And I mean, that like they get, a, that's hilarious. That they can get away with that shit or that they did.
2: Yeah. And I mean, the same thing happened with Hillary. Like there was a ton of people oh, that were supporting like Bernie Sanders, dude. if Bernie Sanders had been nominated in 2016, he would have won.
1: He, he should have uh, debated Trump at least once. That would have been great to, geez, you know, that, that whole, when the DNC came out with those emails, you know, I guess that was WikiLeaks's fault that I found out about that. Right. But when those DNC uh, emails came out about suppressing Bernie and upholding Hillary, that shit's just no. It's I like, mean, that's a farce.
2: It's like unacceptable, and it's like that's the reason why people don't really want to vote for Democrats. It's like I also I, I'm one of those people that like I hate the idea of hating a candidate because of the party they're a part of.
1: Yeah. Okay. There are okay. good
2: Republicans. Uh, I I I haven't heard. I know that, like, DeSantis is, like, who they're probably going to try to run with next election. I
1: think I could spell that name. I don't know who that is.
2: I think it's D-E space S-A-N-T-I-S would Rick, be my guess. Rick,
1: right? Is that his name? What? Rick DeSantis. What's his name? Yeah, Rick DeSantis. Rick.
2: I don't really know much about him, but, like, if he's, like, a good candidate and it's, like, him or Biden, I would, like, I'm not against voting for him
1: yeah i don't know what a biden fan looks like but i never met met one a biden
2: what? fan what? is a literal corpse i think that's what biden fans are there are 80 year olds that are not
1: that is rough no you got your 20 year old biden enthusiasts i'm sure i went to politicon once you know what politicon is no i don't actually it was it was it was um what was it since i'm so unplugged from from like new stuff i have to really think what i was doing there Like what the major thing was i think was like the height of bernie and all this stuff but what i wound up doing there was uh was just what was it drugs and hanging out with like people who are really into like i i guess i i played the part of hunter thompson but just not writing anything down yeah um but that was a a very strange scenario to get into Uh, small talk with like people with real like you know political alignments i guess in this yeah to the point where uh, I think they were debating on, this, on, on stage. And I'd, I'd never heard, I think at the time he was still not, not famous. But who's that guy, that, that little guy who got really mad at WAP? About Shapiro? Yes, he debated the Young Turks people. And I, yeah. I like the Young Turks politics, but I hate their, uh, their, their way, I guess, you know? They're just yeah. bombastic and yelly. And well, you know, they're really Alex Jonesy, but yeah. you know, on the good side, you could say. But I find it obnoxious, that style of, of debate. And so they were yelling, and Ben Shapiro was, like, sitting down. And I found myself rooting for the bad guy, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm frustrated with Ben Shapiro because he yeah. does that, too. And I don't know. Also, like...
1: He's a novelist, you know?
2: He's a novelist. He's also, like, Jewish. Oh, he makes... Which, like, for makes, me, uh, is, like, as someone was also Jewish. Yes. Is, like, someone somewhat frustrating?
1: No, he, wore, he wears his little hat and everything. He but wears the
2: yarmulke, yeah. And it's also, like... I'm also not trying to say, like, you know, Jews are not allowed to have, like, differing opinions from my own. Obviously, like, do whatever you want. I think, like, for me, it's just frustrating because he's the biggest openly Jewish voice in politics right now, besides Bernie Sanders. And I don't think a lot of people think of Bernie Sanders as Jewish in the way they do. No ben one does.
1: I don't think. No, they would yet. think him Jersey or, or New Yorkian or something. Like, Brooklyn, I guess, what's his accent? Yeah. Yeah. One sec. Yeah. Um, i want to copy of a- Uh, gee, I, I guess I wonder if the uh... the microphones are picking up the background noise.
2: None of the microphones are picking up the background noise? I say,
1: I wonder if uh, the microphones are picking up the background noise, because that'd be like. Uh, copyright strike. Copyright galore. risk strike, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're talking over it, so that's that makes it like Creative it's Commons, f- right?
2: I think it's fine. That's fine.
1: Um, books? Let's You're, talk. Yeah, let's talk about books. You don't want to talk about books?
2: No, I'd love to talk about books. Let's talk about books. Okay. i don't want to talk about politics anymore i will say one political point that i think is really interesting and then i think it's really interesting that we're so much more educated now even though we read a lot less i think that's really fascinating
1: you don't think it's the internet's fault
2: that we're educated more
1: that we're seemingly educated more yeah even though we know less wait i don't what think was we it? know less i think we know more okay do you think we know more stay that say that statement one more time oh wait yeah, oh, one, one second, second. Yeah. Say that thing that you were saying again one more time.
2: Oh, yeah. I think we're more educated now, even though we read less. Uh, I think that's also arguable, though.
1: Does reading text on the internet count as reading? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So there's still a lot of readers. I think we're still a text-based civilization, you know? We're like a, you know, except our hieroglyphs are all, like, you know, in computer chip mode. But, uh... You know, people write letters more than ever if you consider texting, letter writing, which in a way it is. Yeah. Um,
2: I think it's also like everything's so easily available for free. Like, I don't want to buy the New Yorker because it's like $4 a month and I'm cheap.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also the text heavy. So who's got time for that noise? You know, I skip all the fiction in it. All the fiction. Which
2: sucks. There's so much good fiction printed in the New Yorker. That's why I would get the New Yorkers for the fiction.
1: Just goes to show how different we are. You know who writes for The New Yorker is uh, Anthony Lane. Yeah. You know, you said you read Anthony, Anthony Lane. I
2: got to read one review of his. He's, he's
1: got that style of he tells you what the movie's about. And uh, I used to think that was uh, what movie reviews were. And then when I started writing like that, I, uh, people didn't like it. They were like, you're telling everyone what the movie's about. I was like, oh, whoops. So then I tried to figure out what way to write and I just gave up after that. But it seems. What was the other one? Um, Roger Ebert also kind of does that.
2: Roger Ebert, I think, like, is less... The thing that I really didn't like about Lane, or actually, I, I didn't read a ton of Lane, and Lane mm-hmm. doesn't explain the plot super in-depth. Okay. Not super in-depth. I think Roger Ebert doesn't explain plot super in-depth as well, depending on what era you're reading him in. Um, but I don't know. That's, like, the thing that I hate about criticism
1: for new films. Is when films. they ruin the movie?
2: For, for new films, yeah. For it's new like, films, yeah. It's like, why would you tell everyone what's in it before they see it?
1: I but think... But you see, I w- I'll know not to read it until I've seen the movie. Yeah, but That's how that, I know Anthony Lane now.
2: No, and that makes sense. But I also think it defeats the point of what criticism was supposed to be.
1: Which was to... To get
2: people to go to the movies. And I think if you're telling what... Yeah, the, thing, that's right. like, the plot of the movie sure. is defeating the purpose. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think they have their use, you know? I love Kent Jones... He's not Kent. Kent Jones. Kent Jones. He's brilliant. All right. He's not as much of a critic. I don't think he writes a ton of review reviews anymore. Um, But he's, or actually, actually, I don't think he ever did. But he's an essayist. Uh, I like a good essayist. He directed a wonderful film called Diane a few years ago. Okay. And he was the head of the New York Film Festival for about a decade.
1: What was Diane about?
2: Diane is a movie about a woman who is old and her son is uh addicted to drugs and it's about her relationship with her community and how that is affected by that i know that plot sounds very like kind of um bland and not super interesting but it's it's very much a film about how how it's very much the reason the film works is because of how it's structured and how the characters interact um i would highly recommend watching a trailer before you see the film
1: okay um have you read many books about filmmaking
2: have I read many films about filmmaking books about film books make. about filmmaking yes about I've read a handful okay um, scholarly
1: uh, wise or just out of pure sheer interest both,
2: both. Uh, yeah I, I also like I had a really hard time with reading comprehension up until my early 20s late teens oh that's good so I kind of am like catching up on everything now
1: because um, reading was hard?
2: Basically, yeah. I was, like, in special reading education for most of, like, my youth and stuff.
1: Did you, like, uh, were you ever pushed into those creative writing classes for that? I hated them so much. You did. You hated them.
2: Well, it's because, like, I, like, especially at that age, what, like...
1: This is grade school.
2: No, I, w- I was in those in high school. Oof, okay. And, like, in high school, I was really interested in, like, very violent subjects because I was, like, getting used to the internet.
1: This is Umberto. He's the, uh, intro guy.
2: Hey, yeah, I met, we talked a little bit right after Matt got, I
1: think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, we're on. Yeah,
2: do you want to say something about uh, film criticism and film literature?
1: Do you want to reintroduce Matt? Because you gave him a pretty underwhelming introduction, I I remember.
0: Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Um, I'm a little behind the times with the notice of uh, podcast. And we are with uh, Matt as well. Let's not forget. Uh, As well as?
1: wow wow that's me
0: as wow. well so uh where i'm sorry I'm, I'm in the middle of uh the show what what, what am i missing
1: um books on film and film criticism or film critics that you like writing reviews
0: oh um
1: he's on letterboxd too you write reviews on letterboxd every uh, once in a while here
0: and there but but see my main goal i like to read the reviews after i see the film because sometimes they give away a lot, a lot of the, the movie and that uh, ruins it for me. I'd rather go to the movie as blind as possible. I mean granted if it's something like Hollywood that I don't care about i don't mind seeing the trailer but if it's something I really want to see I'd rather go in as no as less as possible. Yeah. And uh to me the yeah I mean reviews are good in a sense that to give you an idea but I'd rather just the uh, internet and mu- even when I write my reviews on Letterboxd, I give as less as I can of the film, it's mostly me ranting about how it made how me it's feel. How it made you
1: feel, okay.
0: Rather than what the film is about. Because I, I figure if you're, you, sh- you already know what the film is about. Because I mean.
1: I wonder about I that, yeah. Because that's uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no, right? We might accidentally read a review and then find out we wanted to see this movie, but we know too much. Has that ever happened? That does, with my, uh, but
0: with my reviews, you wouldn't probably know a lot about the... It depends. If I hit the film, then I would probably uh, be really harsh on it, but if not, I'd be like, hey. Yeah. hey." But yeah, that's my uh, All right. take. And, uh,
1: Thank you, Umberto, for that take. Shall continue?
0: And here yeah. we go
2: with
1: Matt. Hey. Thank you very much. He's a showman.
2: I appreciate it.
1: Uh, we're on the subject of um, it'd be interesting to see the reason I like I think Anthony Lane's style is he's, he like he writes writerly, you know he uses yeah. words that are, you know that that's, are kind of weird. Literary, yeah. It'd be nice to have a, a film reviewer that doesn't ruin the movie, but that's also like delivers on that without delivering any sort of punchline about the movie you know
2: Yeah, I, I mean I don't know I think there are people that do it it has gotta be. Yeah. I think, like, a lot of them are just, like, weirdos on Letterboxd. Or, like, YouTube critics that, like, are like, this is what I saw this month, and then, like, yeah. that. And it's, like, I also, like, think that there's, like, such a great value to that, solely in the fact that, like, their job is getting people to see movies and not to analyze them and, like, have, like, a super in-depth thought. Like, again, I like Kent Jones, but I would never read an article Kent Jones wrote about a movie I hadn't seen, you know?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Um... Yeah, gee whiz. Uh, You ever read that Truffaut Hitchcock book?
2: I own a copy of it and I have not yet read it.
1: Isn't that like one of those, like, if you're into movies, that you probably should have that book?
2: Yeah, I've heard it's really great. I haven't seen enough Hitchcock to feel comfortable reading it.
1: Hitchcock treated actors like cattle, you know that?
2: Yeah, I do know that. I'm also from the town of Hitchcock, so I kind of am...
1: From the town of, of Hitchcock.
2: He owned a major estate where I lived in Scotts Valley, and he lived there during his period. I think he lived there from, like, 1958 to 1965. So he lived there from, like, north by northwest to, like, the birds. birds. And he was inspired by the birds in that town because the birds, like, were attacking, not attacking people, but, like, birds kept flying into his house when he was living there. So Yeah,
1: they still fly in a window sometimes.
2: Yeah, so I, like, yeah. I have, like, a special love for Hitchcock for that reason.
1: Because so, of the birds thing? Yeah, I mean, he or no, because you're from Hitchcock.
2: From I'm, I'm from the Scotts Valley, so I mean, he couldn't be murdering his actors when he's done with them, and I would be okay with it.
1: You shouldn't say things like that. You don't mean that. Is that true? No, I'm. I'm That's not
2: true. This is. I'm trying to. I try to be funny. I try and I fail.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the key is you're trying. Someone told me the other day about uh, self-awareness, and I, I I I came away from that thinking. I think self-awareness is overrated. I mean, there's not not a whole lot you can do with it, I don't think.
2: I, who told wait first of all who told you that, and second of all I strongly disagree. But you strongly I to, disagree. I,
1: I know well, let's that. not talk about who who said it now that you that's disagree. Fine. But uh, I, I think he's I know I know him as an actor, but I don't know what he's doing now. And I was just passing through, but uh, I gave him a spiel as to how I'm doing, and he's like, well, you know, you're self-aware and that's good. And I was like, that's a throwaway line, man. You know. <laughs>
2: No man, being self-aware is like the best thing you can be. Because if you're not self-aware, there's no way you can change or have or adjust who you are, like make corrections to action, as to attributes of your personality you dislike.
1: But it feels knee-jerk to be self-aware. It just seems like
2: no, because being self-aware is a constant state of being.
1: Yeah. At least in my opinion. Yeah. But everybody's got it, I think. I mean, I there are such there's, things there's as so many people that are just like They're have just no idea, oblivious.
2: Oh, yeah, I've met so many people that are just, like, I mean, it, a lot of them are just dumb as shit, but it's, like, fine. Or they're, like, very intelligent, but they just, like, don't want to take into account who they are as a person, and, like...
1: I mean, it seems like dumb as shit people are the ones that, you know...
2: They have no self-awareness.
1: Overcrowd the self-aware, intelligent ones, you know?
2: Yeah, that's true. There's but then so the much cattle to heard, so again? it's fine. I, I was joking.
1: Oh, what what was the line? I said,
2: but they're the cattle for us to herd. That was a dumb joke that kind of didn't make any sense. But it's fine. No, no, you're
1: comparing them to to, to moo cows. Uh, yes. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I was thinking buffalo. You know, there's the ex, there's the uh, the buffalo that went extinct real hard because of the uh yeah
2: the buffalo because of the
1: buffalo. So you
2: know they the buffalo went extinct because white people just wanted to murder them for no reason. Do you know about that?
1: Yeah. Well, it was take, like, three years or something to wipe them out or something. It's, like, something absurd. Like, it, w- it happened really, really fast.
2: It's because, so the trains, the the Transcontinental Railroad got put in, and then white people would, like, have rifles, and, like, they were bored. So they would just shoot the buffalo for no reason to, like, as target practice while they were in the train.
1: They didn't need the coats. They didn't, they didn't need the meat.
2: No, they literally were... They would shoot them while they were driving by in their, you know. Um, and I learned that by watching Jim Jarmusch's Dead Man and hearing I was going
1: to say, Dead Man, there's that scene. That's a great scene. I think that's where I learned about the, well, that's when I reheard about it. I think I heard about the, the um, what do they call it, overkill of the buffalo? There's a better word, I think. But the massacre,
2: o- the genocide, not genocide, but extinction?
1: Yeah, something like that. They're not extinct, though. They're just, like, rare. Right. Right. So the rare ones are the are the What are we talking about anyway? Um Have you what do you what movies have you seen lately?
2: I saw Heist, I saw Wait, no, we're talking about books. Oh, we are talking about Let's books. Talk about what books. books have you read recently? Uh f- Film books? I don't know. I kind of jump around. Well, what do you look for in, in a film book? Cuz
1: mm. you asked me, um seems to me it's got to be uh, a subject I'm interested in. So the last yeah. good one I read was the Soderbergh one with Richard Lester. He, Soderbergh wrote a book about the making of Schizopolis. Mm-hmm. And he inter spliced the text of making that, which is like a diary, mm-hmm. uh, into um, interviews that he conducted with Richard Lester, uh, the British filmmaker who did the Beatles movie. Oh, and yeah. yeah, so yeah. Interesting choice. He's a weird,
2: his stuff is weird.
1: Who's, or which ones? Richard Richard Lester? Lester. Petulia was peculiar. I remember seeing it before. (laughs) I saw it because I got the book, and then I was like, oh, I want to see all of Richard Lester's stuff so that I could better know what they're talking about in the book. And then I never got around to it, and I was just like, I'm just going to fucking read this book. Like, a year or two years later, I was like, I'm just going to finish this book. And then it made it easy to rewatch these movies, Um, but Petulia was a peculiar one. Petulia? I did like, a romp, and it was very serious at parts, you know? What's you know, Petulia? Petulia is the one about two guys and a girl, and they, 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 they just talk about stuff in an apartment, and then oh, silliness okay. abounds, and then the uh, the public, you know, he takes a lot of shots of just, like, random people in the street, mm-hmm. and he puts voiceovers to them, so they're all, like, criticizing or, like, you know uh opining about these kids it's an interesting movie it's a very 60s picture yeah. have you seen that one what what, what have no. you seen by richard i've Lesting. only seen
2: his palm winner which is the knack and how to get it uh which is a weird maybe one. that's the one
1: i'm thinking about i think petulia is even darker than that petulia is the one with uh george c scott
2: i haven't mm-hmm. seen the george c scott one.
1: Oh, that's yeah. so that's yeah so I, I was confusing them the one i'm talking about is the knack yeah, that's the weird one with the serious parts. I it's get, pretty
2: you know. offensive.
1: You think so? Well, uh, that was part of the book too, where where she she brings up rape over and over. Yeah. Yeah,
2: there's a lot of rape in that movie.
1: There's not a lot of rape in or that there's movie. There's one, a scene. There's one,
2: but it's like very quickly like written off.
1: But it's 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 an abstract sort of. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but it's not irreversible, you know.
2: No, no, no. I think like the re- it was like kind of like more disturbing with than irreversible because of how quickly they were just like, oh, it doesn't matter that she got raped; it's fine.
1: No, she doesn't get raped in the neck.
2: They they imply that she did. They imply no, no. They imply that. They imply they kind. of... If I remember correctly, like
1: they imply that the the the, the guy who's good with women is rapey.
2: Is sh- they imply that like she is almost raped and then she ends up falling in love with a guy that like she like falsely accused of rape it's a weird it's a weird i haven't seen it in in a number of years too so i haven't seen it since before the pandemic
1: yeah it's good it is good it's good uh you haven't seen is fantastic you haven't seen uh how i won the war no i haven't that's the john lennon one no uh and then
2: i haven't seen any of the beatles movies any
1: of the beatles movies no interest
2: Yes, I do really want to see A Hard Day's Night and Yellow as a Marine. And I really okay. want to see Quadrophenia, which is the Who movie.
1: I did not like the, the Who movie I saw. Tommy, I hated that movie. Uh, okay. I might have been too young, but I still hate the Who, so I'm probably not going to change my mind on that intention. Fair. There's another Beatles movie you forgot called Help. Oh, I haven't, yeah. I That's know the one where how they're exists. stoned throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It's interesting to see them because you can see the red eyes and just like, you know, whimsical the... smiles.
2: Oh, yeah, I could see that. I need to see the Bob Dylan docs that's like the Bob Dylan what documentaries
1: he's there's a number of them there, Martin Scorsese did a really good one I right? want to see
2: the Scorsese ones and I want to see the D.A. Pennebaker one
1: that one's pretty short is Fine. That? I thought
2: it was like two hours
1: the are Scorsese ones are long the Scorsese ones are definitely long. I like the one he did with uh, George Harrison as well
2: I heard that one's really that one's like long, long, that, long. One's that one's very like 11 hours for right? sure yes
1: yeah I don't know why I remember the D.A. Pennebaker one being really short um the other book that comes to mind that's also journals is uh, Werner Herzog's book. I'm not sure if it's called Burden of Dreams. I think that might be the documentary. Um, Conquest of the Useless. Conquest of the Useless?
2: What's Conquest of the
1: Useless? It's uh, the Werner Herzog book about making Fitzcarraldo. Oh, I thought that was Burden of Dreams. That's the movie. Okay. This is a this is a journal he kept. During the making of that, Got it. and it's super fun to read. It's abstract. It's really weird. You know how Werner Herzog talks about stuff.
2: I'm know? like a little worried because like people like actually died during the making of that movie. I think that
1: was more rumors. He addresses that in the book. One second. Hard to forget that. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good. wait, did they close by the theater, the other location? Uh, well, uh, we're not a lonely, so we're like the only location. Oh, Lamelle is, uh, is the, the, the one. Yeah, house one on on. Okay, I was, yeah, I always get. Okay, got it. You right. can take the money away. Have you taken your money? Oh, let me take your money Let me take your money. Do
2: Frost is also very good. I've, I've seen what Neptune it Frost? Frost. It's a it's a musical about it's like an, a musical African folktale. Okay. It all takes place in Uganda. Shot in Uganda. It's, it's like stunningly gorgeous. Have you guys had
1: any panels lately? Yet? Any what? now? panels. panels like, um, I think we have another one tonight for a movie called Carmelie. Last one I remember might be I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I think Neptune Frost had one. Yeah, they're on the YouTubes I think. not the worst place it's pretty no? good mm-hmm. it's a pretty good place it's, uh, It is. yeah we got everything and everywhere and everyone at I once yeah i'm eager to see that and clara so all these I movies seen are well. I've yeah seen everything
2: everywhere i might
1: see it again that was really good I, uh did we talk about uh swiss army men already i've never seen swiss army you man. never seen swiss army. never seen i think swiss army. we mentioned this already then. yeah that you that you they that you, you know you haven't seen all the movies in the world.
0: Yeah. No. Swiss Army Man? What? Say again? Swiss Army Man?
1: Yeah. Because of the... Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's,
0: probably, that's probably one of my favorite films the idea. I agree. The music was
1: amazing. Yes. Well, the acting was good, too. Yeah, but let's not ruin it for... I uh...
2: haven't seen it. I'm sorry.
1: Don't let him get to you. He'll do this, for you know, relentlessly. He'll just no guilt you into... He's one of those people that will... I'll be guilt him guilty. into
2: seeing Days by Simon Lang. Have you seen he doesn't, that? He
1: doesn't like that really long filmmaker. Who's the guy who makes those really, really long... Lav Diaz? He's oh, a uh, he's a big fan of not being a fan of Lav yeah. Diaz. Oh, yeah. I hate I mean,
0: Lav Diaz. I've seen like one of his, uh, Back in the Day, it's a festival. Four hours, I think, four or five hours. Something
2: crazy. Yeah.
1: And it was amazing, right? It was your favorite yeah, yeah. film uh, of that uh, year. I
0: think he needs to have somebody edit for him instead so of just, like, leave the camera going. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy child. I've yeah. Heard, yeah. I've heard
2: um, Bantang Westside is really good. That's the one I want to see. But, like, have you... All of his modern stuff has been, like, really annoying.
1: Did you say annoying? Annoying, yeah. Uh, well, you know, he's got ideas, man. That's true. He's got ideas. You know, it's funny, too, because his movies are probably harder to watch for people with, like, small attention spans these days. I think his
2: movies are hard for any human being with a bladder or organs to watch. Yeah. His, like, f- most famous movies are, like, probably, like... I mean, the shortest of the most famous is probably Norte, The End of History, and it's, like, four and a half. Yeah. But, like, his, like, arguably his, like, magnum opus is the evolution of a Filipino family, and that's 12 and a half hours. It's a day. It's, like, a full day.
1: Sure. There was that one film about they put a camera on a ship... That was delivering a shipping a shipment. Yeah. And so the movie lasted as long as that trip was, which was 12 days or something like this. Oh, that's dumb. So that's yeah. <laughs> that's a terribly that's long movie. So stupid. I mean, you know, the, the you gotta you gotta you gotta make weird shit. Remember that Andy Warhol movie about the, the yeah the I don't res- State
2: Building? I don't respect that though.
1: You don't respect that. Come on, you don't. God bless us.
2: The only reason I don't respect it is because the film doesn't respect the time of the audience.
1: It does though because it presumes the point of view of a voyeur with nothing to do but stare
2: yes i mean yes but on the other hand it's like yeah it's experimental but it's like i also like respect the warhol stuff a little bit more because of when it was made and how it was exhibited yeah it's
1: unique in that yeah
2: it's not the like empire is not made for anyone to finish do you know what I mean? It's like they showed it in the galleries. It's supposed to walk in and walk out. And yeah, exactly. Like, that makes more sense to me. Sure. But, like, some of this other stuff, like, the La Diaz super long stuff is, like, I respect that you're playing with the form. Yes. But it's also, like, if you're going to make a, like, if you're going to play with the form in this way, you need to, like, be able to write effectively. And, like, the dialogue in all of the movies of his I've seen is, like, maybe it's just the translation, but it's, like, a tr- it's sounds like it's written by an eight-year-old. Sorry to be so salty. No, it's a,
1: it's a a state, it's a, a, you know, it's an opinion to have, an opinion. Um, He's also like a really outside outsider, right? Like, he's not like in... His movies
2: are funded by the Filipino government.
1: Yeah, but what other films have they funded? They fund a lot. They fund a lot? A lot of... Action, uh, adventure, comedies?
2: I don't know. I don't think they fund that kind of stuff. They fund Ray Martin's stuff, I know, and his stuff's fantastic.
1: United States doesn't fund like that, right? The states do. Uh, but the, uh
2: it's arguable. Uh, I mean, we don't have like a something for that, but we have like the National Endowment of the Arts, and like they okay. y- they do some film stuff like that. Not a ton. There's not a ton of grants anymore. It's a lot of tax breaks, though. Um, yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
2: There's other stuff. I'm not super educated in it. But let's get back to talking about film books cuz
1: we keep jumping around. Um the uh, the Werner Herzog book is good. Yeah. Uh reading anything about Kubrick so, used to be fun. Now it's it's no longer like now it's kind of like I want to have a book cover around the book while I'm reading it and well in public, you know, I don't want people to know that it's you like one of those Kubrick why? That I'm reading Kubrick. I, I don't know. Something about it, it just seems so uncool and like passé and like really silly. But I, don't I just know. like there's so much I don't know. I don't know what it is. It might be that that uh, I'm not inclined to gatekeeping, but it's not fun if I'm, you know, if I don't feel like I'm inside on something.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. You know? I mean,
1: it's funny because this kind of movies are very inside jokey. Very like, you know, if you if you really like, you know, it's not The Shining. What's the Eyes Wide Shut? You must be really like, yeah, onto something intellectually, which is true, but it's also just like. People jumping on board because Nicole Kidman's naked or shit like this.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I also think like I think Kubrick's really interesting. I I think the thing that frustrates me about Kubrick is I think he's a little over intellectualized.
1: I think 2001. He's got a lot of brains in his head. That's he's for smart,
2: sure. but like I hate when people are like, "Dude, 2001's like the best movie ever." It's like it's like I like k- when people say that. It's Kubrick's it's, worst movie. It's, it's not it's, that good. It's
1: a funny movie to like. It's so slow. It's very like. Loud at parts, it's weird. It's, it's, I like when people say that, but I don't, uh, yeah. it's gorgeous, necessarily it's, agree for me.
2: It's gorgeous, it's stunning. It's not his worst movie, that's an overstatement, but
1: like, I hate when people say that about Lawrence of Arabia, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That I hate. 2001's a fun one to say that you like a lot,
2: yeah. I mean, it's, it's also not like I'm not trying to say it's bad, right? I actually like it quite a bit, but it's definitely one of those movies that I saw it fairly recently for the first time. And I was like incredibly uh, that also might be the reason I think this is because I've only seen it once mm. um it's incredibly uh one note to me it's like it's just like yeah, incredibly one-note. I mean there's certain things i I think it's also like there's a lot of stuff about it that I really like. I really like the characterization of Hal as a character.
0: Sure. I really
2: like the way that the film is structured it's really sad at the end yeah i think I think the way that it's structured is really interesting and unique um I really like the Stargate sequence um
1: I like that you call it the Stargate sequence. For as much as you don't, you know.
2: Well, that's the famous one, right? Famous one.
1: Yeah, but I would never call it the Stargate sequence if someone didn't tell me it's called the Stargate sequence.
2: Oh yeah, no, I I call it that because everyone has called it that. Because everyone's called it that. Who who gave it that name, by the
1: way? Was Kubrick Fucking the academics man? Oh, okay. I don't know. It, it might be. It might be. It might have been Arthur C. Clarke himself. May, that's very you possible. Know what I mean? That's very yeah, possible. Yeah. He's a very... Well, Kubrick likes working with authors, which makes his movies interesting, too. Yeah. Also, really good script writers. Who's the guy who wrote uh, with him that movie, Strange Love?
2: Uh, I think he wrote Strange Love on his own. I think that's one of the... Fi- I don't have my phone, so I can't check.
1: Right. Uh, uh. I think he wrote it with, like, a Like a sc- Like a. short story writer, kind of, like, imagine a cowboy hat. I think it's adapted from a book. Could be adapted from so a book. So maybe
2: he wrote it on his own from the book? I don't know. T- I think Strangelove is probably my favorite. It's Strangelove or Full Metal Jacket, which are, like, kind of boring choices. They're all boring
1: choices. Barry yeah. Lyndon amazing.
2: I've never seen it. That's the, that's the one I haven't seen left. It
1: takes about four watches to get to that point for me, to get to, like, oh, I fucking love this movie. Because the first two times, it's fucking homework. Yeah, I get that. And it sucks when that, when it, that happens. But it's, it is very funny. It's very – and it's mm, – I, I don't want to say it's one note, but it's got that pace – where it's like the whole thing is at this, you know, not a breakneck speed, you know, Yeah. whereas Draftman's contract is, is incredibly fast paced Yeah, and, I uh, think. It, uh, also slow paced.
2: It, no, you're, it's, it's both, definitely both. But I, I don't know. I think there's also like the thing I'm frustrated with about Kubrick is I think that his, he's one of those filmmakers that like, even though he's very austere, kind of like appeals to everyone because he's kind of he has his own style, but his style is so removed. That you're kind of like taken aback by the movies he makes, but especially if you don't know a lot about international cinema, I could see why you'd be like, "Oh, he's like the best visual storyteller America's ever had." I think uh, more than that, I, I
1: admire him as a friendly. character, in I, and of himself. You I know what I mean? Like character too.
2: I admire that he just like abused the shit out of everyone he was around, but he w- it wasn't like a, it. It wasn't. He wasn't like raping anyone. He was just mean no, spirited. No, he wasn't
1: Marlon Brandoing fucking. Colin Brando yeah. was doing that? No, he did it. Remember we talked about that one movie? Oh,
2: uh, Last one Tango, Oh, no, no, no. okay.
1: Where, where Brando's very, uh... You know Brando's movie, what was it? One-Eyed Jacks? Have you seen that?
2: Yeah, that was Kubrick prepped
1: it. It's pretty good.
2: I've heard it's good. I haven't seen it.
1: You've seen Spartacus?
2: I haven't seen Spartacus. I don't know why I said Barry Lynn is the only one I haven't seen. I haven't seen Spartacus. I haven't He's seen done a lot of movies. He hasn't done that many. He's done, like, 15,
1: I think. That's a good number. Did you say that's more than I thought. I was going to say like nine, but no, you know.
2: I, he did like what? He did like Fear and Fear Desire. Desire, Killer's Kiss, The Killer's Killing, Kiss. Uh, the Killing's
1: one of my, I think that one's my favorite. I've
2: heard it's really good. He did uh, Paths of Glory, uh, Spartacus, Lolita, Doctor Strange Love, 2001, Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, uh, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, Eyes Wide Shut. So he did 13 movies.
1: That's a solid number of movies. That's man. a good
2: number of movies.
1: Yeah. Uh also I think uh it's more like twelve and a half 'cause like Spartacus kinda doesn't count, right? I mean it does No, I'm good, give it to him. Getting, yeah, give it to him. There's uh, there's bits of it that seem Kubricky and when I saw it last. Um which I didn't notice before. I just felt like ah oh, it's it's one of those yeah. uh sandals and chariots movies, you know. Uh Kirk Douglas is another rapey motherfucker. Yeah, I mean,
2: so is, like, fucking Martin Sheen, like, everyone is. Did you
1: say Martin Sheen? Yeah. And I came out of left field somehow. I feel like Martin Sheen's, like, an 80s actor, but that's not true, is it?
2: No, he was, like, 70s. He was a 70s actor. His, like, big break, at least to my knowledge, was Badlands, and that was, like, early 70s.
1: He was pretty good in Badlands.
2: Yeah, dude, Badlands is the shit. (laughs) Badlands is so good. That's a
1: line. Yeah, dude, Badlands is the shit. Um... Well, who do you like to read about? Who do you like to read about?
2: I like to... I really like to read... I don't like to read about specific people, but I like to read about structure.
1: I think I love people more than the structure, but explain structure.
2: I make movies, and I think if you know a lot about structure, it gives you a lot of room to play.
1: So this is about particular films, or you mean just structure in general?
2: Different books on different types of structure. Um, my favorite Semiotics film book of, of all theater. time is Transcendental Style and Film by Paul Schrader. I think okay. it's brilliant. Uh, I have a copy of *Film as a First of Art*, and I've heard that that might take the place. Who wrote that one? Uh, Amos
1: Vogel. He's
2: a very famous film programmer.
1: I read uh, Sidney Pollock's Make*. Sydney making movies.
2: Yeah, I've heard good things about
1: that. Am I getting that name right, or? Sydney right? Yeah. Okay. Because he Because he's in. He's an actor in movies, but he's namely a director. Yes. right? Yeah, I think I confuse like him with Sydney Lumet as well.
2: Yeah, no. Sidney Lumet wasn't really an actor. He was too. He was too uh, Jewish-looking. As a Jew, I'm oh, allowed to say that.
1: You, you know, you, you and Jew... You know, I I saw this thing about yeah. Biden said he's a Zionist. You know.
2: That's like the most anti-Semitic thing you could say. I
1: was like, this is, is it? I I thought it was pretty hilarious and tone I, deaf, considering he's like in Palestine and Palestinian people. Are, I mean, know. I
2: think like right now, I would I would personally take that as a little anti-Semitic.
1: I knew a guy once who said. Uh, there's Jews, and then there's the Jewish people, the ones that aren't really that Jewish. You know, the hands, the, the ish, you know, they're Jew-ish. And he did the hands, you know, so i yeah. just like, that's wrong, but you can't talk these people down.
2: No, I respect that. St- Is he Jewish? Was he Jewish? He was, uh, he no, was, he can fuck around. Right he's a guy off.
1: who really liked the subject in hip-hop, but beyond that, it's, uh, it's, very, it's, a, it's an interesting subculture. We're an
2: interesting culture, for sure.
1: Um, I'm a big fan of, uh, not religious fanaticism, but like, like, um, I don't know the Jewish culture. I'm reading a book right now called call it sleep.
2: Oh, by Henry Roth. I've heard that's incredible.
1: Dope. It's so badass the way, uh, it's written. There's parts where it's hard to read. There's this other book that was around here. Uh, I got from Lauren, one of the owners here Mm -hmm. called when me was a boy and I love when, when, or like, it reminds me also of, um, last exit to Brooklyn. I've heard Where really the writing weird. style is so like fucking the one I can't get is that poet E. E. Cummings. That's the one that's still way over my head. I like
2: know. that with a uh, with a very modern author named Ocean, Vung.
1: Ocean Vung, Vuong. Ocean
2: Vuong? Vuong V U O N G. He Fong. wrote a book called On uh, On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous that I've heard is like incredible. But See, I'm that's sure a good turn of phrase, I think. On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous. Isn't that? I like that. I kind love of his nice. titles. Uh, his his title for the collection of poetry I read was um, called a night sky the night sky with exit wounds. Uh, yeah, that's he also, pretty cool. His newest book is called Time as a Mother, which is really beautiful. Not like a motherfucker, but like just time as a mother. No, yeah, time as a mother. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, you know the New Yorker I I read about uh, young Yoko Ono, and uh, it made me realize her art is kind of interesting to look at, you know, in terms of just, it's abstract and fucking weird, and if yeah. there were no Beatles involved, it'd still be abstract and fucking weird. And But it goes back to, I like reading about characters. I liked reading about her, sort of like going through the creative process, you know? Yeah. Stanley Kubrick, being a photographer and all that shit, super fucking interesting. Yeah. Um, fucking, what were, uh, poetry.
2: Poetry's, I like Poetry. No. Anne Carson is like the goat. Okay. Uh, Anne Carson, Louis Gluck. I'm try. I have a copy of Ezra Pound's book Confucius, which is
1: also notable.
2: He yeah, he's super notable. He he's a huge publisher. He published uh, James Joyce and Ernest Hemingway, when no one else would.
1: I feel like Ezra Pound's a name that comes up a lot in literature. Yeah. He's,
2: he's a really big figure. Um, but. I started reading his book Confucius and it's fantastic but it's also something that's like I can only read this when I'm reading nothing else I'd probably get through it in like two days but I just like I need to not be reading anything else except for that book because it's a hard book it's hard but it's very short but it's also something that like kind of feels like it needs to be uninterrupted okay I feel the same way about the Patterson poems, poems by William Carlos Williams they're long they're like 15 pages each but they're really, really well written. Okay. So I need to, I need to go through those all in like a, day, like a couple days.
1: I like, I don't read too much poetry or like classic literature, but I really like uh, Blake, William Blake. Yeah. You know his stuff is really cool. Uh, I think it was probably because it was, I tried reading the Dali book, and it was just impossible. I was like, this is stupid. I don't feel like reading this. And then Dolly wrote a book. Dali wrote a book. Yeah, and it's. I guess it's a novel. But it, you know Dali, man, that fucker is strange yeah, So dadized, unless, right? unless you're in the room with him You know, yeah. you probably don't want to fucking Well anyway, I was reading that And I, I, I couldn't get past it too much And then I found this other book And, uh, and it like it, it was also weirdly written Because clearly it's another time And it's got that poetic shit going for it I don't know, I am a pentameter or whatever the fuck But, but it was A message that came through And I was like, oh, this is what poetry is like you know yeah
2: yeah i think poetry is like really yeah it's like a very it's a very unique art form because it's like very subjective uh i'd say even more so than music um yeah but yeah there's a lot of poets i need to read i need to read ben Lerner's poetry because I, I like his litter i like his literary fiction
1: okay uh, ben Lerner.
2: ben Lerner. he wrote a book called the Topeka school that i like quite a bit I need to read his book, uh, Leaving the Antocha Station. I've heard that's his, like, his book, his like, masterpiece.
1: Um, there's a book that touches on poetry. I, I, I read most of, but then I got bored of, uh, you might've heard of it. It's by Roberto Bola-
2: Uh Roberto Bolano.
1: What's the name of the book?
2: He's written a number of books.
1: Okay, so this is the one called uh, Savage Detectives.
2: That's my fa- one of my favorite books of all time.
1: So, okay, so I, I liked the first half, and then the latter half I couldn't get through. I was like, this is boring now. Was, the first half is so good and grabbed me and everything. The second half, I was just like, this feels like I don't want to read this. And I didn't finish yeah. it. I feel like I'll go back to it because I'm older now, but not that much older. But it also touches on poetry somewhat, and it describes, like, book clubs I guess you know poetry clubs in a way that yeah super dope
2: I love that book a lot there's definitely like a short section where it kind of drags and the reason so the, the way that book is structured is for those who haven't read it I would highly recommend it the first 75 pages is like a diary the next like 500 pages is like tons of interviews of different characters talking about where they are in relation to the characters that are mentioned in the diary and then the last section returns to the diary again okay is that the book that you read or i think that is the book but i do have questions
1: too about like the structure so do go on
2: uh it's definitely like you kind of have to get used to the second section because it's long it's so long it's 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 like at least 500 pages is that on purpose yes
1: it's fucking annoying i hated that shit but now i know that it's on purpose i can feel like maybe i can power through it
2: but also, like, it goes through such a long period of time. If I remember correctly, it goes from, like, 1970 to, nineteen like, s- ninety six.
1: Yeah, I think I got up to the 80s, and I was like, uh, I could stop reading this now. But uh, I like to – maybe it's, that's tr- It's another thing where it's just, like, I really like reading about old times and just – Yeah. You know, in the 60s and reading about the, the 70s and everyone smoking pot in that book. and oh, That's yeah, how they raise money. Um,
2: Have you ever read 400 Years of – or 100 Years of Solitude? Yes. It's a very different time period, but I love that book
1: a lot. The way that one moves along, though, through time, it's from the start, from the get-go. Like, you know, Bolano sets you up with a diary set mm. in a particular time and place. I kind of hope, I, like I say, what it is is I love that time and place so much. Maybe it's, just, it's a sign that the book worked really well, that I wanted the book to go back to that time, and so therefore making me nostalgic. That's kind of what the
2: book is about.
1: Right? It's just, so that's what makes me kind of want to read it now, again. Because yeah. I didn't think about how they could do this shit on purpose. And so, therefore...
2: It's a really beautiful book. Yeah. And I would highly recommend it to anybody. Uh, as long as they're uh, comfortable with some fairly negative... Or one fairly negative depiction... Or sexist depiction of women. The, or, or, the one thing I, I dislike about that book is the way that Bologna depicts a woman's sex drive, I think, is like somewhat vulgar. Okay. And inaccurate.
1: I see. This pre-probably couldn't little help little it. Um. Hi. Hi. No, go oh, on, yeah, come go on through. No, it's all right. don't
2: worry about it. Enjoy the movie.
1: Oh, he's in it for the table.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. Um, we're at 56 minutes, so we're going to have to cut it short soon.
2: Okay. Do you want to just let's mention some books we recommend and then
1: yeah you ever get into the like you know we're into letterbox do you ever do the goodreads one or like no i don't
2: don't read enough books for that i read like 30 books a year so it's like
1: i like list building but fuck if i you know it isn't a pain in the ass to list all the books that i got do you read a lot i i i try to Mm -hmm. um i guess i couldn't tell you what i'm working on now i'm still working on that carl lemley book it's a book about Carl Lemly, written by a man named Drinkwater, John Drinkwater, I think it's called. And it's ca- the book's called The Life and Times of Carl Lemly*. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but you know, this is the Lumiere and it's not a Lemly. Yes. And I'm uh, not a fan of the guy presently running that place. But I also figure, well, Lemly's a name tied to film from the olden days. You know, I want to read about yeah. that guy. And Why do you so, not like
2: the guy currently in charge of the Lemley? Say it again. Why do you not like the guy currently in charge of Lemley?
1: Oh, there's reasons. Maybe one day we'll we'll talk about that in particular, and then we'll I'll I'll, I'll go around interviewing people, and then we'll we'll let them do that. We'll do like that, that Studs Terkel thing, okay. of like just making an interview show, because there's that's a subject to delve into. Okay. But Carl Lemley is a fun guy, dude. He's like one of those like, uh, you know, like I mean, maybe it's just the way the books written, because I think it was based on his journal and then he was like i'm not a writer i'm gonna give it to this guy whose book i like and the guy was like this english dude who was just like yeah i could take fucking Mm -hmm. and so the way the book is written is very peculiar like it's very like conversational in tone but it's a different time so you know the it's kind of like call it sleep a a little bit where the the writing of it is what really you know drags me in because it's so foreign to me you know uh well anyway that's so um I recommend that book if you can get a hold of that. Yes. Um, what about you? Uh, I'm flailing here.
2: Read the Netanyahu's by Joshua Cohen. It's just won the Pulitzer Prize. What's the book? Uh, the Netanyahu's or it's called the Netanyahu's. Uh, it has a really long title. I can't remember the entirety of, but it's brilliant. Okay. Uh, going back to great Jewish books, partly about my frustration with Israel is depicted in that book. Um, uh, particularly particularly at the end yeah uh, i would highly recommend it okay
1: uh yeah is it a big book super short 250 okay. pages nice yeah. um
2: all right. thank you all for listening
1: wait, wait what's the uh, what's the biggest book you've ever read
2: biggest book i've ever read yeah is... was it
1: hundred years of solitude
2: no probably seven detectives, seven, okay. detectives is seven is 650 right i'm about to start an 800 pager in like a week though is
1: it doing the first book what is it doing the first book no, 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 no. It's, it's not, called right. The
2: Almanac of the Dead. It's a, bo- it's a Native American, not, like, uh, science fiction book. Okay. That I've heard is, like, very good. It's, like, m- more magical realism, I guess, from what I've heard. But I've heard nothing but great things. I am prepare- I have a book that I want to read that's over a 1,000 pages, but it's kind of hard, so I'm preparing right. for that.
1: It's hard called- as in the subject's hard? Or? I
2: think the, the writing is, like, a little difficult. It's called The Instructions by, J- by Adam Levin. I'm starting that at the beginning of next year. That's, like, my gift to myself. But I'm prepping with this book, The Almanac of the Dead.
1: I did the, um, I'm doing the audiobook of, uh, Infinite Just.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a... Just
1: because I'm thinking I'm never going to sit down with that book. So it's, it's fun. It's nice to have it read to you, but, um... I
2: feel like that's such a hard book, though, because it's all about the footnotes.
1: Yes. It, I think the footnotes come at the very, very end of the, uh, of the tapes. I'm not there yet. It's, like, cut up into, like, six parts, and each part is, like, four hours long. Yeah, I just got past part thingy. one um, the other uh, audiobook that's great is um, not that this one's great this one's just an audio book but the one that's great is Norm Macdonald's book I love that based book based on a true story it's yeah. read by him in the in the audio which is fantastic I mean you know if you feel as yeah. nostalgic as I do for that voice you yeah.
2: know, I love the book bu- I've read the book but I haven't heard the audio book
1: I would lament not buying the book with his signature on it when he was selling it on his website tell me all you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, don't we all? My friend got a copy of it signed, uh, not a signed one, he got a hardcover for me for my birthday right after Norm died, and it was, like, 70 bucks. I'm like, it's getting, it's, like, over 100 now, I think. The it's vi- a fantastic but It's not, like, for a comedian, it's, it's a very good book.
1: It's a very, yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, the record is upwards of $500, for and that. it's a Netflix-like vinyl. I don't see why they, don't just, they just repress it, but they might eventually. Yeah. But I would definitely put down $500 to have Norm Macdonald on vinyl. But that's, like, I'm a collector, I guess, in that I respect.
2: Mean, yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably worth it. For Norm?
1: For Norm? For Norm? The, the Carl Lemley book, incidentally, is, like, 60 bucks. And I think I would pay 60 bucks for that book.
2: I, I try not to buy, like, expensive. Because there's so many good books that I want to read that I can find cheap. I love going to used bookstores and just, like, looking for shit. Like, yeah. I find a first edition copy of a William Gaddis book called Carpenter's Gothic. It's like, I think, like, 50 bucks normally, and I found it for, like, eight. I found a book called Post Horror that's, like, a $100 new book, and I got it for, like, eight, like, six. It's, like, it's the fun of, like, looking for new shit. When you find looking the, the right shit.
1: thrift stores, you know, that where, yeah. like, the fucking wealthy dudes, you know, throw their books away, and the people putting the price tags on there just want to get rid of the shit, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a great... I love when hardcovers are, like, three bucks, and you find really dope hardcovers, you know? Yeah, dude. Oh, it's so nice. Um,
2: I found, like, a... Uh, the best I, found. I found a hardcover edition of a very famous Eric Rohmer bio, biography for like eight bucks. It's
1: I don't know what that is, but it. that sounds like... Uh, Eric Romer? Yeah. It's just a biography. Oh, Eric Romer, Okay. Yeah. The, the French director. Yes. From France.
2: The Golden Lion winning a tour of uh, My Night at Mods and The
1: Green Ray. Do you listen to a whole lot of Red Scare?
2: Yeah, I do. When I drive home.
1: How much cinema do they talk? Not much. Not a whole lot?
2: No, they talk more about books and their lives.
1: You mentioned Politics. a book that they recommended it was no good
2: I personally did not like uh, submission when I first read it, but I probably should give another wellbuck book a chance
1: all right because the opinion that she gave about it we, I don't know who was but no, it still was, stands it,
2: it was entirely me i was ex- i mean the book has problems I think it's it's a pretty repetitive but um, How come I was expecting it to be more about religion and it was more about political apathy
1: they have a real uh, uh, uh religious thing going? Is that just right now or has that been throughout I mean, the whole thing? Yeah. Say again? Yeah.
2: They're always fascinated with like a lot of things
1: Because I'm into like religion too as an abstract idea. Faith and all that I'm still intrigued by uh, the, those stories I never got over of like um, people who prayed cancer away
2: oh, yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: That kind of supernatural shit. I used to read supernatural stuff and that's what got me into book reading I think Paranormal activities and stuff like this. I, could see yeah. that. I
2: was like, I don't know. I read it's *Slaughterhouse 5 and I like fell in love with it. And after that, I read *Kafka on the Shore* by Haruki Murakami.
1: *Kafka on the like Shore* is is dope. I really like that one too. Did you see that Murakami movie *Drive My Car*? Yeah, I love that movie. You really like the movie. I'm a
2: huge Hamaguchi fan. I found Hamaguchi back in 2015, when or not 2015, back in 2017 when uh happy hour got a u.s release
1: that's him he did happy hour he did happy hour I hear really good things about that one
2: asaka one i've actually never seen it
1: no neither have i it's, it's very long right it's, it's supposed six to be four hours.
2: hours i saw the first two hours of it because it's broken into two hour sections and i just okay. couldn't keep going at that time i was i think 18 or 19. um i'll probably go through it again uh but i love asaka one and two that's my okay. favorite of his films asako the depths is also
1: really good The depths. yeah um on that note, man, uh, it's Friday. I'll see you next Friday, and I'll then we'll talk. Yes. Uh, and this will be out uh, on Monday. If you're out yes. there, we have movies at the Lumiere Cinema, this whole thing is supposed to be, but probably won't be for too long now yeah. uh, after this, uh, about letting people know about this movie theater. It doesn't seem like we talk a whole lot about uh, you know, movie theater stuff, so we might stray away from that eventually. Maybe. Maybe. We just don't know. Go to the
2: Lumiere Music Hall. They're playing but really good stuff. They're playing... Lost Illusions, Mad God, Neptune Frost, everything, everything, all at once. Uh, Yeah,
1: Filmography Fest is on for uh, till the 17th, so come and catch that as well.
2: If you haven't seen Flux Gourmet, I would highly recommend
1: it. I really want to see Flux Gourmet. Um, All right. uh, Yeah, I think so. I'll talk to you later, Matt. Talk to you later.
0: Bye. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Thank you, everybody. This is, has been another episode of uh, No Days Off. No Days Off. No Days Off. It's so hard with No Days Off. Oh, working, working, working on the outro song. And thank you again. And uh, good night to Kwao and to Matt. And stay tuned for the next episode coming soon. At a computer near you.